Fratelloni Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1187, November 8th, 2023. 77 degrees on this day in 1999, and one degree in 1991 as they were still, as we were still digging out of the Halloween blizzard. And on this day in 1943, during World War II, almost nine inches of snow. Hail the flashlight king. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hey, welcome back, everybody. What up, G? Everything's good, huh? (laughs) Day after the election? What are you going to do? Are you despondent? No, it's not that. Um, It's always harsh to realize that you have absolutely no idea what's going on. (laughs) You know, you... I love doing the podcast. I love the fact that Garage Logic exists, however, in a mythical place. Uh, but we 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 have made our bones trying to keep track of what's going on in the country and mm-hmm. locally and regionally. And I'm I'm here to tell you, I have utterly, uh, literally, no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, a predominantly Jewish suburb. A yes. predominantly Jewish first-ring suburb, St. Louis Park, elected a Muslim as mayor. And who knows if she might be a great candidate. I don't know a thing about her. Don't know uh, I can tell you her name. Her name is Nadia Mohammed. And she is the first black, first woman, black, Somali, Muslim mayor. Uh, it's always important to be first. The outgoing mayor... I'm sorry, I don't have his name in front oh, of me. I have it right here. The Just outgoing mayor of yep. St. Louis Park uh, said he was thrilled, uh, and in, in, Spano. in hopes, Jake Spano, and and he, Mr. Spano, hopes he's the last white male, last in a line of all white mayors in the city. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I- no, that's fine. I want him to be the. I want the, the best. Uh, but I don't care if the next ten mayors are blue. Right. Are they any good? The piece that you have in front of you, sir, does that happen to come from your former newspaper, the Star Tribune? No. Oh, okay. Nadia Mohamed got 58% of the first choice votes. And she defeated Dale Anderson, a retired banker who sounded like he had some GL things in mind, uh, but he was defeated. Uh in the, in Minneapolis, this might be new, but by the time you hear the podcast, I'm sure it will have broken, that Andrea Jenkins, who awakened this morning to find herself losing to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Soren Stevenson. Soren Stevenson. Oh, sorry, I had it wrong. Uh, she now has been declared the winner by 38 votes. Oh. Now, here's the problem. Andrea Jenkins, for example, was getting such uh, close competition from Sorensen because she isn't left enough. 
He's Democratic Socialists of America endorsed. He's the fellow who wears an eye patch. He was injured during the George Floyd week okay. with a projectile, and he won a couple million bucks. I don't know how that sits with Democratic Socialists to have that kind of bank account, but that's his problem. Uh, so here, here is the odd situation in which we find ourselves. We apparently need to be relieved that Andrea Jenkins, a, a so-called moderate, has survived the race. Uh, in St. Paul, uh, DSA candidates won handily. In the ward, uh, in the fifth ward, which would be Como Park area and out Rice Street, I was kind of hoping that a woman named Pam Tollefson would have had a good run. She got 400 and some votes. And the DSA candidate, Hua Yong Kim, won handily. The other thing you begin to notice and that I don't understand, very few people vote. Right. Yeah. The reason I mentioned the Star Tribune piece on the newly elected St. Louis Park Mayor, Nadia Mohammed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pronounce it Mohammed. Maybe it's Mohammed. I don't know. I believe it's... Very attractive young woman. Very uh, well-spoken. Sure. A lovely gal. I don't know a thing about her. When you read the article itself, and you read the quotes coming from both her and people in her camp, you don't learn anything about her. Mm -hmm. Meaning you don't learn anything that was accomplished while she was on the city council. You don't learn anything about other than the fact that I believe one of the things that she wants is uh, pol not police reform, but a, more of a community policing effort. I did read that. In other words, all you hear about is how she's a woman, she's young, and she's Somali. Right. That's, that's all we learn about I think about she her. arrived in America when she was 10. And she's very grateful to her parents for that. And it's not plausible to me. And I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it's not plausible to me that she doesn't exist ideologically hand-in-hand hand with Omar. It's not plausible. <clears throat> Could there wow. be that kind of distinction between uh, Nadia and uh, Ilhan? I don't know. I certainly don't you think? I mean, there's certainly distinctions between, say, white males in America and their political views. I, I see. I think Ilhan Omar is is a horrible anti-Semitic person who has no idea what the United States is. And I don't know about this woman. I have no idea. And she did come she out saying that she condones anti-Semitism in her in her campaign. I saw that on on her. She um, condones. Sorry, what did I just say? Well, you said the word condone. Sorry, I meant condemn. Oh, sorry. Well, she, Who I said that? Nadia, you mean? Yes. Yeah, and she met with Jewish leaders, I know. If Park. a Jewish suburb elects her, she, they must have demonstrated to themselves that they're satisfied that she's not an anti-Semitic. But I guess my point is this has just become identity politics. Mm -hmm. We want to oh, elect sure. the first 27-year-old Somali woman to the, to the mayoral seat. That's what this is all about. It has nothing to do with what whatever she stands for, how this will impact. None, none of that matters to people that are actually going out to vote. I think your massive Jewish population in St. Louis Park just didn't pay attention and no, maybe no, didn't no, vote. No, 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 no. Especially, you know, they had since October 7 to really wake up. 
they should have. They had a month to understand that. Do we realize that? Whatever they must enjoy this woman, uh, and they must believe she's she's the one for the job. Yeah. All right. I don't know how. Now, Rook, look this up and verify it. I believe, among other things accomplished in St. Paul, was the entire city council is female. That's a first. If I bet I'm it's not a first. mistaken, is it a first? Uh, yes, yes. It's always important to be a first. Very, very important. I, I. Even though I might not go what's, know what's going on, and even though, obviously, my views of life are rapidly becoming antiquated, my views of America are becoming lonelier and lonelier, I will cling to my belief that the school children, uh, particularly in St. Paul, are faded to have a miserable, miserable future. The school board candidates are unanimously ideologically corrupted. Uh, I don't think any thought goes into people voting for school board candidates. And you have, you have, for example, uh, you have they have reelected Chantil Allen, who drummed up the fake racial incident at a Japanese restaurant in 2021. Has never done anything in her life. Never work. These are all professional activists who land on school boards. It's a comfortable gig for them. The kids have no shot. That No one's going to change my mind on that. The kids have no shot with these people running the well, situation. And it's evident with you're seeing the actual academic achievement, or, or lack thereof, I should say. It's a, it's a very sad situation. The kids have no chance whatsoever. And, and and then the other thing I better get comfortable with is this apparently is what people want. The people who came out to vote, uh, there's 161,719 registered voters in St. Paul. 161,719. I'm sure I'm echoing things right now that have happened all over the country the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Of the 161,719, we had uh, a turnout of about 48,000 voters. Okay, that's about 25% mm-hmm. of eligible voters voted. In Minneapolis, there are 243,789 registered voters as of 2022. We don't have the turnout percentage in Minneapolis. I don't know what that would be, but I'm going to tell you right now it's very small. So... In St. Paul, 48,000 people, I guess what you have to realize or you have to, 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 to understand is that those 48,000 people got what they wanted. This is what they want. This is the government they want. I don't understand it, but uh, I've never voted for a winner in 40 years for anything. <laughs> St. Paul, next St. Paul City Council will include five of six progressive women of color right. who will be president. And here's the results I have from MSN. Ward 1, winner unknown in an eight-way race. That's downtown, isn't it? I believe so. Two, Rebecca was got a 63% of the vote in a four-way race. Mm-hmm. And Sora Jost with 48% of the vote in a four-way That's race. That's my neighborhood. Okay. Ward 3. Um... 
Mitra Jalali with 79% of the vote in the two-person race. Absolutely a destructive, ideologically destructive person, but she's who they want. 79%. Hua Young Kim with 52% of the vote in a four-way race. You voted in the Como area for a woman who has gotten the Democratic Socialists of America endorsement. She doesn't want police. She doesn't, want, she doesn't believe in crime, and she doesn't want prisons. Uh, Nelsie Yang, 61% of the vote in a two-person race, I Ward 6. I believe she's DSA. Uh, and the winner of Ward 7, unknown in a six-way race. And who are the, do we have the candidates' uh, names? I will look for Ward okay, 7. Okay, because I believe we'll end up with an all-female city council, which is fine. That's what people want. Um, you talked about voter turnout. Yesterday, I discovered, I spoke to the mayor Jordan, Minnesota, after basketball practice, I was not wrong. Get this. Hmm. We did not even have anything to vote on in our city, mm-hmm. meaning no, nothing school board related, nothing uh, mayoral related. And it, it dawned on me, I didn't even remember seeing a sign for anything over the course of this, up to this election cycle. So how unusual is that? And how often is that taking place? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I got a note from Al who writes, I used to listen to you on my converted 1950 Buick radio I have in my garage. You are the only person to ask this in St. Paul. How come no one asks for the tax money that should be used for roads? Where is the tax money that should be used for roads? In the past, there was money to fix them, and now there isn't. And Al, your question uh, is being asked too often. And I've explained it till I'm blue in the face. I also heard, you know how the, uh, the television stations will position a reporter outside a polling place sure, and yes. then yep. interview the uh, citizens coming out. And I did hear, uh, I did hear a variety of, of voters uh, who said uh, in, 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 in being asked about the uh, vote for the 1% sales tax increase, I thought property taxes were supposed to pay for that. Okay, too many of you are, are, are absolutely not paying any attention whatsoever to what has happened in both cities and what has happened to every city you get closer to the country's tallest buildings. Property taxes in St. Paul have only served to enlarge the government, to expand uh, the mayor's cabinet, to create programs for which there is no accountability, mm-hmm. to hire more and more people to service these programs, which cannot be measured for success or achievement. The, 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 the quaint days of believing that your property taxes are actually going to pay for some sewer work in front of your house or the repair of roads is long gone. And it's long gone because we've had it good for too long. People haven't paid attention. And now, given this election cycle yesterday, there's just more and more and more of it. And it's very, uh, uh, it's not even bold of the city of St. Paul to ask for that sales tax increase to fund road construction. It's inevitable. And now what you must watch for is you'll be lucky to get the road construction. Right. Because that money also will be dedicated to pet projects, mostly for uh, projects that will not be able to be measured for any accomplishment. The mayor of St. Paul has done his best to run this city into the ground. From his own house. He thinks he's doing a wonderful job, Melvin. 
Kevin Carter, who's a nice young man. He thinks he's doing a marvelous job. The city is a ghost town. The city is on hard times, and yet the voters who turned out, about 25% of the potential number who could have turned out, they have voted for more of the same. That's what I, when I say I don't understand, that's what I don't understand. What was the... uh... Because the likes of Melvin Carter and company, they all think, and these new city council people and any council person thinks the, the pot is... Money is still going to continually come in. But you know what? We obviously are the ones behind the curve. We obviously are, are outliers. We, we don't buy into this, and yet the voters do. But what's going to replace the tax base when Securian decides that people aren't coming downtown anymore and they either move or, or their workers work from home? That means the parking ramps aren't full. That means the West 7th eateries aren't full. I can read you a very uh, a, a letter very germane to that when we come back. Okay. What was it, really quick, what was the name of that emailer? Was it Al? Al Rammer. Uh, Carl, go ahead, please. Yeah, they went into the nursing home uh, in the Al's room at the nursing home. And who, who went in? Said, what now? I'm sorry. Who went into a nursing home? Well, the nurse. Okay. Went in to check on Al at the nursing home, and he was taking the shoe polish and putting it all over his swimsuit area. And uh, the nurse said, no, Al, you heard it wrong. They said, turn the clocks back. That was just last uh, <laughs> Sunday, last weekend, yes. Al. Yeah. Thank you, Mayor. Say the Center of the American Experiment has selected the final... <laughs> four nominees for the 2023 Golden Turkey Award for ridiculous Minnesota state spending. I don't know how they arrived at these four when they had a hundred to choose from. Hold our beer. It's amazing. It's a great field to choose from. $500 million on a new state office building. Oh, wait, I think that price just went up. 186 grand to study flying squirrels. 195 million on the empty Northern Lights Express, $12 million and rising on the governor's money pit mansion. Uh, the voting's done. These four have been nominated, and the winner will be, uh, well, no, you get to vote. Yeah, you vote for the one of those four. Those are the four that are just locked yeah, in. Yeah, so you go to AmericanExperiment.org slash Golden Turkey. Pick your favorite ridiculous spending and vote for it. The winner of the Golden Turkey will be announced live on GL on Wednesday, November 22nd. And if you want to wrestle with what I'm wrestling with, what in the hell's going on? How do you understand this? Check out the uh, American Experiment website every day. You won't regret it. The winner of the Golden Turkey will be decided by you, the voter. Go to AmericanExperiment.org slash Golden Turkey. Street, trail, track, gravel travel. Moon Motorsports in Monticello has us covered. Right now is the best time of the year to buy the motorcycle you've been wanting. By the way, you street riders, you should look up the bike that our chief engineer Weber ordered from Moon. It's a Yamaha XSR 900 GP. This thing is so cool. Right now at Moon, you can get zero payments until 2024 Free first motorcycle service and your choice of free winter storage or free in-state delivery for all motorcycle purchases. And for you dirt and trail riders, if you buy a KTM, Husqvarna, or gas gas model, you'll receive 
a three-year warranty, or a $500 gear credit. So stop into Moon Motorsports there in Monticello, a short drive from the Twin Cities. Discover what the most exciting power sports showroom in the region has waiting for you. They are Moon Motorsports, KTM, Husqvarna, Polaris, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph Ducati, Yamaha, Honda, Skidoo, and now Gas Gas. That's 11 brands in one shop. Check them out on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Nobody taps a peanut. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Is this Dylan? Yes. Let me read you a note. I don't know why I am going to read it. Uh, I share every sentiment that I'm about to read. None of it makes any difference. Hmm. It's from uh, Dominic Pierre. Good morning. I have been brought up indoctrinated that Ramsey County is God's country and having the pride of St. Paul pulsing through my veins. After 41 years of existence, the St. Paul part of my lifeblood is on life support and almost ready to be parked at Mueller Memorial. (laughs) Even though I currently reside in a first-ring suburb of St. Paul, I still own a duplex and donate too large a portion of my wages and property taxes to this once great city. I have mixed emotions about the sales tax increase that was approved. In one breath, I am happy that they will not immediately feel inclined to increase property taxes to fulfill their vision. However, in the next breath, I am frightened that this is the final nail in the coffin for St. Paul. Two weeks ago, a few buddies and myself went to the St. Paul Grill to celebrate a good friend who was abandoning Minnesota for the free state of Florida. Exiting off 94 onto 6th Street into downtown St. Paul, I was greeted by a woman darting out in front of my car with her pants down around her ankles. She was obviously impaired. And to answer Royce's question, yes, she was a big guy. After this delay, I made it to the St. Paul Hotel to meet my party. The St. Paul Grill was busy. The service was excellent. However, when we left, we went into St. Paul to get a nightcap. This time, uh, the time was around 9 p.m. on a Friday night. We tried two different bars, only to find that they were closed since there was only a small event occurring at the X that night. We finally made it to the Loon Cafe, where our party of four tripled the amount of clients at this establishment. I was dumbfounded. The years of my life where I was active after 9 and 10 p.m. was lived in St. Paul. That was only 15 years ago, and I loved the atmosphere in St. Paul. It was a laid-back vibe, bars full of clientele, willing to strike up conversations with anyone nearby. Such a contrast to today, where the city is quite literally dead. I went home that night proclaiming to the CP that we need to sell our duplex. The city is on the brink of disaster, and soon we will not be able to find tenants to fill our rental property. This is coming from a man who took the hit of rent control right on the chin and decided to keep fighting. Unfortunately, what I saw that Friday night was a hit that my body was struggling to withstand. The new sales tax increase took me to the mat, and I have been knocked out. St. Paul is on life support ever since COVID, and the only remedy is to change course. However, we just doubled down on a losing strategy. We just doubled down on a losing strategy. 
I know it is easy to make proclamations about the future without accountability, however. My bet is St. Paul becomes Detroit within five years. This proclamation is not made with glee and excitement to prove that progressive thoughts are a failure. This comes with great sadness. I have invested greatly in this city, and I am forced to cut my losses while I still have something to gain. Thank you for listening to my rant. Sincerely, Dominic. There's not a word he wrote that I could disagree with. Why did we double down? Depressing. Thoughts, anyone? Thoughts? Why do we just double down on failure? You know, I'll I'll take a stab at it, and then I'll get to your hand raised in the back. (laughs) Let me take a stab at it. Uh, the people voting the way they do don't think this is failure. And the people that are running for office, and we've been saying this for years, the people that are running for office and the people voting for those running for office, they're not in this to help. They're not in this because they have your and your family's thoughts in mind. No. They're doing this because they view this as a stepping stone. The other thing I was going to allude to in the Muhammad woman's article is she said this is not the destination meaning she's the mayor now but that's not what she aspires to become long term let me riff a moment on the fact that we just doubled down on failure i don't think the voters think the way they voted results in failure i think uh, to them success is equity inclusion diversity Success is not full office buildings and full retail properties and full commerce and full nightlife. That isn't success. That speaks to a kind of prosperity that they've been predisposed to not, maybe to A, not enjoy themselves and B, not really worry about. To them, the success is the mayor is appointing one more diversity counselor, and somehow I see that's going to help me somehow. I don't know how that's going to help you, but that's that's. But why, especially if you're if you're not using those services? I, I I've never been more confused. And and let me say a word about nationally. If you think Trump is helpful, you are out of your mind. The longer Trump forces his way into the scene, the worse the beatings will be for Republicans in any race in the country. The the left won handily yesterday all over the country. Trump is of no help whatsoever. He is a curse on this country. He is an absolute curse. And he's not helping. And I don't want your bleeping stupid emails telling me what a great guy he is. He is not a great guy. He is a foul, corrupted, selfish human being. And he's killing this country. Now, Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And now back to the local. Right. <laughs> now back to the local. Sorry, buddy. The only answer can be that the people voting the way they do believe this is what they want, that this should be the future of the cities. It's both Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, am I right? I mean, this, this... Don't you think part of it is what you started with, the number of people voting? The people who are energized to vote are the ones who appear to want the crazy ideas, while the other people go, eh, and don't go to the polls. I'll bet more people agree with you guys and us than agree with what's going to happen. But, John, I, I, they're, they're, by their 
by their absence at the polls, they're committing suicide. I yeah, I, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I just think the other side uh, tends to get more energized. They do absolutely, and these Democrats well, they get all the attention. And DFL endorsed candidates, and DSL, uh, DSA endorsed candidates, and progressively endorsed candidates. They have nothing else to do. This is what they do. They run, and they run well, and they run hard, and they run thoroughly, and they win. It's what they do. This is their living. This is how they're going to survive in the United States. Uh, bending it to their will and winning. And and I, I This is depressing. I, I would imagine I would imagine most of the people I know voted. I, I'm just thinking out loud to my circle of friends. I, oh, I, we're friends now. Not you. Oh. Hey, bud. It wasn't even a vote in Jordan. <laughs> That's right. We had nothing. This uh. Patty Hartman was running in my ward, Ward 3. And I admired her for, A, this was her second shot at it. B, she has a lifetime career to fall back, you know, to point right. to. She's worked in the private sector. She's not full of BS. She's not DSA. I think she got 488 votes. <laughs> so I can't even claim to know the people in my own ward. I can't claim to know what they want or what they believe. Obviously, it's not what I believe, but they won. What time did you vote? 3 p.m. What was your number? I didn't ask this time. Oh, oh okay. okay. Because I, I just find that hard to believe in your ward... There's a lot of educated people that I'm sure vote that are uh, baby boomers, and I I can't think that they would have that same or they didn't frame. vote or they didn't vote. Okay, so one now, of the off your elections are obviously uh, underrepresented at the polls. Right, sure. you know, presidential year. Would be especially big. in an odd year, right? I mean, right. off. Usually, think of twenty twenty two as an off year election. Right. This is re, this is an off off year election. Well, we didn't even have a v election. No, speak. You know, on that, we d we didn't even have anything to vote for this year in my city. I might mention everyone knows this. And, uh, there was a ray of hope <laughs> that Roger Reinert won in Duluth over Emily Larson. Yeah, and, and I want to talk to Roger, but I want to give a few days to settle down. I don't want to do it today. Okay. No, let's let it settle down. Let him reflect. Let us reflect. How did that happen? Now, he's a Democrat, but apparently yeah. he's not insane. Right. Oh, well, that's good. Emily uh, Larson, I, I can't call her insane, but she's a, a progressive uh, nitwit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what more can I can't you say? call her insane, but. Listen, <laughs> Roger. Thank you, sir. Roger, Roger. Roger. Oh, do I miss thank you? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Mr. President, okay, thank you. That's enough. Roger. Roger. Anyway, a, you got a you got a victory in Duluth. Now it was a DFL victory, but there's the DFL, then there's the left, then there's the further left, okay. then there's the incomprehensible. Would that be there's nothing to the right? Nothing. No. Andrea Jenkins. 
we have to root for. Much like we had to do with Fry last year. Because Andrea Jenkins <laughs> is not as insane as a DSA-endorsed candidate. Right. By insane, I mean wishing to turn America completely upside down. Um, on voter turnout. Yes. <laughs> Run the numbers. What it, what, well, no, it, it's, it's a general sense of, of apathy. Right amongst the voting public. Boy, I'll say the 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 people eighteen plus that either say, "Well, my vote's not really going to make a difference," or "I really don't want to get involved." Whatever their whatever their reasoning is, the vast majority of the voting public is electing not to. How many of that? In in what you said, one quarter of the people turned out in St. Paul. About twenty five percent. So of that seventy five percent, how many people have just general apathy towards elections? Or how many of those people have both apathy towards elections and no faith in elections? I don't know. Well, but but Quit I quit asking I, hard questions. See, <laughs> that's a trend. We're trying to get away from those. But I think that's a. I think that that is a, is a legitimate question because I do think people out there are just saying bleep it. I don't want to. I don't care because those people think, don't have my interest in mind anyway. I disagree. I think it's just that it's 2023. It's not. Last year, I looked up the numbers. 80% voted during the last presidential election in the okay. U.S. Almost 70% last year during an off-presidential year. To okay. me, that's a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, But I think this is just one of those years where, you know, they think, well, it doesn't matter. There's no senatorial races. There's no House of Representative races. There's, uh, you know, just city elections, which actually should be more. Well, right. Look how important those are. Elections. Yeah, You're I agree. with I agree. those. I agree, but I don't think most people see it that way. I, I have a prediction. It's a rather obvious one and not terribly novel. Uh, but this really gives... Remember now, the climate change movement has nothing to do with the climate. Nothing? It has to do with the introduction of continuing layers of Marxism. Yeah. Uh, I predict that given the... Uh, the the uh, makeup of the city councils in both Minneapolis and St. Paul, you will really have this pounded down your throat over the next couple of years. More and more uh, intrusions into your life under the name of climate mitigation, there being no crisis, there being nothing to worry about, because it's never had anything to do with the climate. AOC's own campaign manager is on tape saying that. Well, what if we need to censor the internet, though. By the way, the climate, uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, as transportation secretary, makes a big uh, to-do about the climate. He's a, a liar and a hypocrite. He showed up at a cabinet meeting... Uh, what they park a couple blocks away. This is all on video. Uh, the well, house, <laughs> John. Don't, don't, don't. I have it right maybe here. Maybe not. No, I have it right here. Well, the, okay. I'll say what I'm going to say. John's going to say something, and then I have a response to what John's about to say. We will play the okay. middle. Well, it's not. It's not me. Don't blame me. But okay. Uh, the House approved an amendment to cut Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg's salary to $1. The amendment, which was introduced by Crazy Pants Marjorie Taylor Greene, I added that, not her, uh -huh. was brought forward due to Buttigieg's failure to serve the American people. Marjorie Taylor I'm not interested in all that. I'm interested in the fact that he shows up at places Pothole in, Pete in an armored vehicle, takes the bike out of the back, puts on his little <laughs> bike helmet, and then rides to the meeting. He's okay. a fraud. There we go. That's that's what that's I what I wanted. Fraudulent. I don't count Marjorie Green for as far as I can throw but that But she's the one that introduced I the, know, and he's not going to get paid a dollar. Right. But the video, and John's going to say, well, in the video, you only see him getting on the bike, not actually getting out of the SUV, to which I say, 
Okay, what did he walk there? Is that then? what John was going to say? Yes. Oh. It's, well, well, it's now I see, and I yeah, I'm not going to say that. I got this. I'm going to read this email to you. Okay, after Chris was talking about it on the town council, a fella sent an email to probably to all of us. I would think. I, I don't know. Uh, Adam is his name, and he said, uh, "Fact check: the video does not show him get out of an SUV. He just gets on a bike next to a government SUV." Okay. Okay. That's fine. And he never he never got out of the SUV okay, or whatever. But how how did he get there in the first place? Yeah, I don't know. He's in know. a very I, nice, clean, non-sweated press suit. I'm I'm sure he didn't get right. out of that SUV and got on the bike. I'm I'm well, sure that's and the plus, case. Plus, why would you put it past him? You had the labor sec- the uh uh, energy secretary call ahead down in Georgia and tie up a whole charging bay yeah. so she could show up in her fake Tesla or whatever the hell she was driving. <laughs> I mean, the, these people are beyond the pale. and uh, you know, But it's what the voters want. The, uh, the other thing about this is this was in April. <laughs> I don't care when it is. I'm sure he'd do it today. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a while to get through this cycle. On your question earlier cycle. of the woman that won the mayoral seat in St. Louis Park. <laughs> Nadia. Uh, Scott Matura wrote this yesterday, and I'm sorry, Scott, that I didn't get to this, but talking basically about early voting, I wonder if that's why many of the people had already cast their vote for her before October 7th. I have no idea. I would imagine the preponderance of votes cast in St. Louis Park were cast yesterday. Okay. I would say that. Rookie preponderance. It's out. Why don't we... uh, Take a time out. The preponderance, out. the major part of the vote, yes, was done in person. Why don't we uh, take a little time out? Well, I want to tell you something. Oh, you do? Well, I was going to tell you who's sponsoring. <laughs> who's sponsoring our town council. you got to put on your fresh, clean, green glasses and let us know. Oh, fancy. Well, Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin is sponsoring us at Tattersall Brewery a week from tonight. One week from it today. It is the uh, town council meeting, and uh, they're growing, by the way. Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities is growing. They're looking for employees. I recommend that you meet with these people. They run a real tight ship. They run a nice outfit, and they're going to take care of everything regarding your garage, including a new door if you need a new door. But... Uh, they, they work weekends and don't charge extra, as I said, serving the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They're recruiting new techs, techs, T-E-C-H-S. They, uh, they're great garage door people. You should have them in your telephone closet at 612-263-6985. And we thank them for sponsoring us at Tattersall Brewery a week from the night. And by the way, town council members, RSVP at the website. You have to do you it. Have to web, you have to RSVP, and there's still time to become a town council member mm-hmm. and join us for an actual town council meeting. Find Precision Door also at precisiondoormn.com. Who's got something? Reavers. <laughs> the earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. You know, if you're tired of just being a number at your big bank, then give my friends at North American Banking Company a shot. They've got six Twin Cities locations to serve you. 
my locations in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their brand spanking new branch over there in Maple Grove. They're fantastic. And they also offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other big banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. They are also locally owned and operated. And here's why that's a big deal. That means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. North American Banking Company deals with numbers every single day, but you are never one of them. So check them out online today, nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com. Check them out today. Please let them know you heard about them on GL. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Joe? Yes. Here's John Height. <laughs> Thanks, Hello, Joe. John. What you reading, Joe? You know what I was reading? Yes. What? Mother of God. It's a Newsweek piece. Uh-huh. A female power lifter in Canada. Oh. <laughs> this is this here's the world today, folks. Yep. A professional female power lifter announced she is facing a two year suspension after remaking remarks about transgender athletes in the sport. I now face a two-year ban by the Canadian powerlifting, uh, whatever they are, union, for speaking publicly about the unfairness of biological males being allowed to taunt female competitors and loot their winnings. Professional powerlifter for Canada, April Hutchinson, wrote on X, formerly Twitter. Apparently, I have failed in my gender role duties as a supporting actress in the horror show that is my sport right now. Isn't that something? Wow. She said during an interview with Piers Morgan that powerlifting is a pure strength sport where males have a 60 to 70% advantage over females. And here come these lunatics pretending they're a female and they're taking money out of the women's hands in powerlifting. And then she's the one. Who's punished? She's the one. Welcome to 2023. How can you tell between male and female? This world, this world is uh, is a clown show. It really is. In a related note, that's what I was reading, John. Female powerlifter is suspended by the Canadian Powerlifting Union because she voiced opposition to men in her sport. I got you, and you she's the one punished. So I wanted to know. Pardon? Uh, you were highly engrossed, so I just wanted yeah. to. Here's know. John Height. Thank you. Chris, did, did you? Oh, I was just going to add to that. We were d- talking about the Beaver uh, on uh, the break for the town council. Brian Matura says, "Miss Landers, Miss Landers, Miss Landers was a oh, teacher. Miss Landers, okay. Miss Landers, John Height said it's pain. I say it's tamed. How about that Eddie Haskell character? Yeah. Okay, oh, I, so I guess now we might as well tell everybody. During the break, Joe was correct about a song lyric, and I was wrong. Are you happy now? Yeah. Are you happy, Joe? Are you don't happy? don't. Do you know Eddie Haskell had a kid who went to Creighton? No. What? Yeah. In real life. That. That's, well, that's, that was the, dumb. that's the full Jimmy story. Haskell? Huh? Jimmy Haskell? No, his name wasn't Haskell. Yeah, they owned the yeah, liquor store. They owned the liquor store. I don't yes. know. I don't know. What, oh, my God. What was Eddie Haskell's uh, real Ken, name? Ken Osmond. Ken, Ken Osmond. Osmond. I believe there was a kid at Creighton, who, and Ken Osmond Donnie. came to town. Rick Osmond? I don't know. Or was it Donnie? Never mind. Shrine wow. Circus. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, since this has gone off the tracks before I even started. I know, uh, John. Go ahead. How many stories have you done, Chris, John? Uh, damn, I wish uh, I was your lover was not Paul Abdul. It was Sophie B. Hawkins. Dang so, it. There you go. Right. But, John, uh, now, you, you didn't, you didn't describe how, how heated the debate got for the song. We're not interested. They were almost about to fight. We're not interested. I don't think we're It's news time. Well, they realize Quiet. we're not in the same room. Quiet. A great deal of respect for Mr. Sushuri. Oh Quiet. <laughs> in the news... Uh, let's do a, a roundup. It was election. Let's. We talked about some of it, but let's do a roundup. I do have some good news at the end you haven't touched on yet, Joe. All right. But we'll, we'll get to that right at the end of this. Right. Uh, with all of Minneapolis precincts reporting, the results of yesterday's municipal election are starting to tape, uh, take shape. Uh, some of this changed after the fact. Uh, Council President Andrea Jenkins, who I had down losing, actually won after a recount uh, with all the ranked choice voting. Uh, in other awards, Jamal Osman, uh, that's still not decided. In fact, that's the only one not decided, Ward 6. Osman held 44.6 of the vote in the first round, followed by Kaisa Megan with 30.1 and Tiger Warku with 21.8%. Uh, so we should have that soon. Ward 7 left vacant by longtime city council member Lisa Goodman was tightly contested between candidates Katie Cashman and Scott Graham. Uh, Cashman uh, wins that one. In Ward 12... Arun Chaudhry won by more than 2,000 votes. Uh, the following incumbents did win. Elliot Payne in Ward 1, Robin Wansley in Ward 2, oh. Michael, Rain Michael Rainville in Ward 3, your gal, Latricia Vital in Ward 4. You Jeremiah, go, girl. Jeremiah Ellison in Ward 5, Jason Chavez in Ward Nine. I have a question, John, and yes, it's, sir. it's germane to your current topic. Serious mm -hmm. question. Could a, and I'm going to make it all up arbitrarily, could a 40-year-old white male GLer with a successful career, a family, a homeowner in Minneapolis, nothing in his past to disqualify him from holding office, no tawdry past, no no criminal record, no nothing. A straight uh, arrow. Active guy in the community, a churchgoer, and hangs out, goes to the hardware store and needs new... Could he win a race in Minneapolis? No. Not a chance. Okay, well then, that gets us back to, that's what, then the people don't want that. The voters do not want that life. They don't want that life. They want a different As life. close as you're going to get, seriously, is Jacob Fry. Right? Well. Oh, the boy mayor. Right? That, that's as close as you're going to get. We were rooting for him to win because of all the other candidates. And, okay, now make it, make it uh, uh, could a 40-year-old blackmail? Black male with the same background, same. No, and be no. I don't think. Look at so. what they did with Qualls. Well, he didn't even get the nomination. Well, that's the Republican Party screwed up. He might have won if the Republican Party didn't endorse Jensen. I saved this because I knew this was going to come up during the newscast. You had us looking up a number of different things before the program began, and I have in my nicotine-stained fingers. The voting results in Minneapolis from 1999 to 2022. Okay. Uh, the number of registered voters in 2022 was 250,000. The actual number of ballots cast was 83,000 for the mm -hmm. entire city. Mm -hmm. Do you guys realize that we've went from the percentage of absentee voting from around 3% in 1999 to 65% in 2022? Wow. 65 percent in 2020. I'm more despondent that what you're what you're confirming is the belief that 
the GL candidate I just created whimsically could never win a race in well, Minneapolis or St. Paul. Evidence do you have that suggests otherwise? I guess I don't. Right. I th- don't know. This is not, it's just, I have nothing to prove this, but I have lots of friends who agree completely with some of these candidates for Minnesota. Uh, Chris, I'm sure you do too on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Young people. For who, sure. Uh, t- you know, to us, a lot of these candidates are so far off base. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. to them. They're normal. They agree with them. Uh, I, and these, these aren't wild eyed goofballs. It's just people who think that way. All right. So, All right. For what it's worth, I know there's no way to prove any of that. But uh, in St. Paul, we haven't hit this yet. Residents voted to implement that 1% sales tax in the city over the next 20 years to pay for roads and parks. The increase passed with 60.19% of the votes in all precincts counted. A tax increase in St. Paul will go into effect in April. All seven seats, as we've talked about on the council, were up for grabs this year. Four members opting not to run for re-election. And uh, it looks like, uh, as we said, we will have an all-female council uh, on the St. Paul City Council. On that 1%, they say roads and parks. Do they break it down to it's 50-50 or is it 80-20? Roads and parks will be lucky to see any of that money. But par- why parks? I don't what is, know. I don't should know. just be roads. A yeah. lot of people like parks. A lot of people like the park. <laughs> As we said, Minnesota has its first ever Somali-American mayor, winning in all but one of St. Louis Park's 12 precincts. Nadia Mohammed won by more than 1,300 votes. Uh, votes, excuse me, also becoming the city's first black mayor. Making history in the West Metro City is not new for her. When she was elected to the St. Louis Park City Council in 2019, she was the first Muslim, Somali-American, and youngest person ever to be elected to the council. Uh, during her campaign, she was able to garner a couple of big endorsements, including current and outgoing Mayor of St. Louis Park, Jake Spano, and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Both they and Attorney General Keith Ellison were at her watch party election last night to show support. That it right, that's it right there. Just because a candidate is endorsed by something, that for some reason still holds merit with a lot of people that actually decide to go vote. For some reason, somebody once told Yogi Berra, a Jew was elected mayor of Dublin. And Yogi said, only in America. <laughs> Yogi. There's, there's a, an incredibly wonderful documentary about Yogi right now on Prime. Really? What's it called? It, it, it's called It Ain't Over. I watched it over the weekend. It's it's wonderful. Uh, it's on great, the Prime? Great ball player. It's on he, Prime, yeah. Casey Stengel said he was my man, and by man he meant he could yeah. use him anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I've told you guys this stat before. I know we're uh, derailing a bit here, but... Uh, the first thing they put up was uh, the year he hit, I think he hit 321 with mm-hmm. 28 home runs and 106 RBIs. He struck out 12 times the entire Mother season. Mother of God. That's a, that's a three days for some players oh right now. Oh, my God. That's two right games for so Kepler. It's so hard for me to picture him playing because I only, you know, he was old when I when we saw yeah. him in uh, Cooperstown. Well, by old, you mean he was 35 by the time you were aware of him. He wasn't old. Yeah, but I was. I didn't follow his career. Right, right, I just. But it's just okay. the fact it's that he can do of, all that. A lot of clips of him hitting in this. Uh, you know who has a major, major baseball collection of memorabilia? Getty Lee. Getty Lee of Rush. Hmm. I've so, saved that story for two days now. Before the week's out, I plan to get to okay. it. It's for sale. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, the whole thing's for yeah. sale. He's auctioning it. Nobody goes uh, there Dan, anymore. It's too busy. Yep. Yep. Have you ever seen uh, Dan Rather's? Uh, 
uh, what's it called internet show. No, he went to Getty Lee's, the room in his house oh. where he stores oh. everything, and interviewed him. It was wonderful to oh. watch. Is Getty but falling I, ill? No, he's a no baseball freak. I don't know why he's selling that. Oh. Well, he's old, and right now he has no income. <laughs> Well, oh my God, they're worth fortune. From, is from Dan Rather still alive? Them. Is it Rush worth a fortune for Pete's sake? Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, yes, Dan Rather's still doing the internet show, and he has a lot of musicians on it, which it makes it great for me. Born so. on Halloween in 1931, he's 92. Rather is? Yep. He's Holy still working. Lord. Never would have guessed that. Still working at 92, Joe. How about that? At, uh, and, in other. And <laughs> where, where did he? Where did he have his breakthrough? JFK assassination. No, Hurricane Camille. first big story. Hurricane oh, really? In Texas, yeah. Huh. I thought the uh, JFK thing was his first big Well, deal. I'm sure you'll look it up. I'm sure you'll I will, don't worry. Right now, right. Oh, he's well, making himself a note. I'm sure you'll be right. Camille and, uh, let's see. I don't know rather. if it was Camille, but it was a hurricane in Texas. have him on the air? No. <laughs> He'd promote his podcast? What's the frequency? I would ask him what the frequency was, is what I would do. What's the frequency? Kenneth. Uh, in Duluth, as we said, Roger Reinert, former state senator and representative elected mayor, ousting two-term incumbent Emily Larson. Uh, out of 29,000 votes cast, Reinert beat Larson by almost 6,000 votes. Larson conceding pretty early in the evening last night. She said she called him and wished him well. The 53-year-old Reinert previously served on the Duluth City Council. He was elected in 2004, served as council president twice. Let's, let's uh, make it a point to get that fellow on the air. Let's let this dust settle. I'd like to know how that happened. All right. He did not uh, buy any ad time in the only bought ad time in Duluth. Because well, we were trying to have him on, but he well, wasn't coming Matt, to the fair. Matt, why would he buy ad time in the Twin Cities? He's running in Duluth. I, I'm sorry. I meant he didn't have a booth at the uh, state oh, fair. Well, well okay. Uh, the good news, I told you about that. We haven't hit yet. Yeah. The school board election. In the Anoka Hennepin District, incumbent Erin Hears McArdle lost her bid for a second term to newcomer Linda Hokeman. Hears McArdle was endorsed by the teachers' union, while the winner, Hokeman, had the backing of the Minnesota Parents Alliance. Hokeman will represent District 1 in the District 2 race, which covers Blaine and parts of Coon Rapids. Zach Arco appears to be the winner, leading Susan Witt in the race. We had the same thing go on there. Arco backed by the Minnesota Parents Alliance, the other candidate backed by the teachers' union. So, in other words, the more conservative candidates won both of those. These the once quaint, quaint offices were always nonpartisan uh, mm -hmm. school board, and now they're completely right. partisan. Uh, Fact-based show? Yeah. Uh, he began his career in Texas, becoming a national name after his reporting saved thousands of lives during Hurricane Carla in September Carla. 61. Carla. Thank Carla. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. On the national election stage in Kentucky, Governor Andy Beshear won a re-election over Republican Daniel Cameron, the state's attorney general. Uh, Cameron had been endorsed by former President Trump. It was one of two tests for Democrats in these off-year elections on whether they can win in deep red southern states. The other race was in Mississippi. That saw Republican incumbent Governor Tate Reeves fend off Elvis Presley's second cousin, Brendan Presley, 
to win the spot. Uh, Virginia's Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin was handed a defeat in Tuesday's general election, uh, general assembly elections. Democrats in Virginia flipped the House of Delegates and retained the state Senate. Republican donors have been urging Youngkin to make a late entry into the presidential race, but he said he cannot do that until he gained control of the general assembly first. Well, it did not happen. Virginia voters rejected that, with Democrats estimated to win at least 21 state Senate seats, retaining their majority, and 51 seats in the House of Delegates. In Ohio, voters approved a constitutional amendment that ensures access to abortion and other forms of reproductive health care. Latest victory for abortion rights supporters since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. Ohio became the seventh state where voters decided to protect abortion access after the landmark ruling and was the only state to consider a statewide abortion rights question this year. There's your election news. How about if we take a quick break uh, before we do some more news and speak with the rookie. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that. And I want to tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities, one of the leading grant makers in the state, donating millions each year, impacting education, cancer research, elder care, children's health, and community service. And they've been a huge part of Minnesota history. Of Minnesota's 87 counties that Joe could name if I had more time right now, which I won't. Aiken, Anoka, Becker, Belcher, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown. We only have 60 seconds. 23 counties are named after Masons. Hubert Humphrey, Harold Stassen, and William and Charles Mayo, they were all Masons. And of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, six were Masons. A lot of terms we use every day like third degree, four square, black ball, five o'clock meeting, all came from Masonic traditions. Not the five o'clock meeting. I just threw that one in there. If you want to learn more, <laughs> Joe was looking at me like, a five o'clock meeting? They must have met at five o'clock for the secret handshake. Hey, if you want to learn more, visit the Minnesota Masonic History Center in Bloomington. It's a great building. There's a lot of knowledge to gain there. Or go to mnmasoniccharities.org. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. No, it's unfortunate that uh, Mark was told by his parents that he was allergic to beer and he would break out in hives if he had beer. Oh, no. So he didn't. But as any good group of friends, what did we make him do? Drink the beer. And well, then he broke out with hives. <laughs> well, that doesn't include whiskey, though, right? Uh, we weren't that advanced yet. Can I ask you something? Yep. How much can you get if you rob a theater like the Grandview? It was all cash. hundred bucks? No, it was all cash back then. Oh, on a Friday or Saturday back then? Yeah, there yes. was. They ain't no Netflix credit. back now then, Now they take bro. credit cards, but back then, it was cash money. I'm going to need all that? Yeah. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. We've been telling you about the Canopy Group for the last few years, and the Canopy Group has 16 companies and 40 professionals. We have revolutionized the home and auto insurance marketplace. We have a challenge for you. Please call your current home and auto insurance agent and have him or her shop your insurance with 16 different companies and provide the pricing from their top five companies. Be prepared for a long pause. Why? Because most agents only have one company, so they can't do this. Furthermore, these agents are counting on the fact that you won't shop around either. Call the Canopy Group and we'll do the shopping for you. We'll provide you with the best results from our top five companies. We have 16 to choose from and we'll show you those with the best coverage for the best price 
price on your home and auto insurance. And remember, once you're a client of the Canopy Group, you'll be part of our annual review program where we do this for you again and again. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Have you ever seen Tommy Boy Joe? (laughs) God. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. That was from Minneapolis, right? Yes. Well, you <laughs> this, might as well introduce it because I'm well, sure got, we'll get an email. I got email. Minnesota, 58% of Minnesota in 2020. Well, this was just the city of Minneapolis. For those 60, of you that... Off the air, we were five. discussing uh, the tremendous percentage of people who voted uh, absentee. absentee, but it was in 2020, and we're attributing that to the COVID. The, the th- COVID. Thankfully, there was nothing big we voted on the in vid. 2020. Oh, no, there was an election. There's nothing wrong with voting absentee. 65 percent of people agree with you, John. That's right. They should. Well, so, if you're going you off wonder to fight why you guys, war, you guys wonder why you keep losing elections. All right, let's move along. 65 percent of people. That's news. a lot of ballot harvesting. A lot of people like people. It's no ballot harvesting there. Sir. A lot of people like to harvest. Let's move along now. Tell I wish you would. Topics. Nearly 3,000 teachers who served 38,000 students in the Anoka Hennepin School District are not satisfied with their recent contract offers. They plan to leave school today at the end of their designated shifts and not do anything and after. Don't come back. No, don't. they're coming back, but not Wednesdays are going to be no, what is it, no after work Wednesdays. I can't remember oh. what they call it. So, well, here we go. Walk out Wednesdays, meaning. Uh, they will walk leave walk. class. All right, everybody, it's walk out Wednesday. Walk out Wednesday. We're walking. <laughs> it's like when Adrian and I were walking all over the, uh, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the uh, what were they, the the killer bee. What the was, high um, criers. The high criers, not the high flyers. <laughs> we're walking. What do you think, May? May Shunk, you were a teacher. Did you have Wild Wednesday? I don't know. It's no. Wednesday. <laughs> Anoka Hennepin Education Minnesota President Valerie oh, Holtis God. said the union was not happy with oh. the district's original offer of a 1% pay raise over the next We're two years. We're having a test today. I'm going to test you on the playground. Uh, Mr. Governor, I have a question. Oh. Yes. Is there a difference between walkout Wednesday and wacky weed Wednesday? I know you're a big proponent. No, it's just a lot more fun. Wacky weed Wednesday's more fun. You know? I don't know. On Monday, the district offered a 3% and 2% pay raise, but Holtis said the union still decided that wasn't good oh. enough. Uh, the average salary of a teacher at Anoka Hennepin right now is $77,702. The average would increase to 84.3 under the terms of the district's Whoa. current offer. Wait, what's their... What 77... This news rolling. Yeah, 77 to 83 is quite a jump. Okay. Six, uh, it'd, be, it'd be 1% or 2% now. So our Republican presidential candidates hold their third debate tonight and the field will be smaller than it has been. The two hour debate starts at seven o'clock being moderated by NBC's Lester Holt and Kristen Welker, as well as nationally syndicated Salem uh, Salem radio network talk show host Hugh Hewitt. Uh, Five Republicans will be on the debate stage tonight. The smallest field yet as polling and donor benchmarks for qualifications rise. It'll be Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Senator Tim Scott, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Uh, That means North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who barely made the second debate, will not be on stage tonight. I'm not watching. Who's your pick on that? Are those five? Uh, Who are they again? Vitro Sawami. Nope. 
uh, DeSantis, DeSanto, baby, DeSanto, Tim Scott, yep, uh, Nikki Haley. I like Haley and Chris Christie. Chris Christie. I like Chris Christie. I really too. do like Tim Scott. I like the way yeah. he speaks. But I know he's got no. I shot, wanted to like but... that Ram Swamy, but I think he's got, got a screw loose. Yeah. What do you mean? Did he oh, say something goofy? goofy. Oh. Yeah. U.S. Capitol Police arrested a Georgia man with a rifle near the Capitol and Senate office buildings yesterday, putting Congress and the Capitol complex on high alert. It all happened around 1240 when a witness alerted a Capitol Police officer an armed man was walking in the park with the gun. Officers spotted the man carrying the rifle in one hand, demanded he drop it. He wouldn't do that, so an officer used a stun gun on him, allowing officers to seize the weapon and arrest him. The man was carrying a gun similar to an AR-15, according to police. He was identified as Amir LaVon Merrill, 21 years old, of Atlanta, Georgia. Officers say they do not know why he was in Washington. He was charged with several gun offenses, including being a felon in possession of a firearm and being a fugitive from justice. Uh, Capitol Police do say they've confiscated more than 30 guns this year. Can I say something? Sure. Uh, certainly. I'm sure it will upset the GL base. Mm -hmm. What do you want? I was getting John's attention without oh. you trying to... Uh, the Supreme, is the Supreme Court, have they heard the case yet on restoring uh, gun rights to, uh, to people with uh, uh, domestic abuse? Yesterday, they yeah, uh, what did heard they arguments. They did not. They won't decide. Oh. Remember, it always comes out toward the end of the thing. But they heard the arguments and seemed, uh, from the arguments I saw, I read a story in the Wall Street, Street Journal where basically they were uh, questioning the need for a person like that to have a gun and why should they have a gun. Is so what do they I. Said. That's what so the justices there. So said. There. Okay. So, there you go. Yesterday at the airport, a female walked in with her um, suitcase completely naked. Really? Yeah, really? much to the surprise of everyone around her. I missed she it. A, uh, uh, I don't think, I think there was some issues. And really? She you was, think there might have been? She was there in March, and she did the same thing in the bathroom. Doesn't like clothes. Oh, no. And uh, so anyway, that, it wasn't in danger, but did it was Did she get just, on the flight? Uh, no. Where was the, she uh, going? airport police uh, south. I don't, I don't know. I didn't see her. I didn't talk to her. But that's just kind of crazy news at the airport. Crazy. I just nice. wish somebody would do a podcast about that. God, yeah. I tried to set him up. He Sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the vanilla nut tap. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Featuring this month's drink, the vanilla nut tap. Uh, well, that's a shame. That poor woman needs some help, I think. Yeah. It is. It is. I talked to one of the cops today, and he said it, was, it wasn't a pretty sight. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> right. Before we move on here, uh, what let if me mention. No, no. We're escorting her out here. Let me show you where to go here. Follow me, ma'am. Yes. Let me mention that this news is brought to you by North American Banking You Company. can be done. Um, yeah, I'm going to get back. John. I, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm. Save save your good stuff for tomorrow because we didn't have it today. <laughs> is that good stuff? Johnny yeah. was off his game today. He got beat twice. We're, we're good. No, I know. I've been wrong twice. No, I, we had a good it. election roundup. Yep. And uh, I didn't play the whip sound. No, and we'll be back shortly. Oh, <laughs> a great rule. Big doings now at Maple Grove Lock and Safe with the Black Friday sale running now through Thanksgiving. That's right. Rich, the owner, he's not going to do that lame one day slash and burn deal. 
He's doing a sale all month long. With the purchase of a Liberty Colonial Centurion USA or Freedom Model safe, get a free light kit, a dehumidifier, and safe power outlet kit installed at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. This remarkable deal and these accessory kits are a must-have for every single Liberty safe. We really need these things. Maple Grove Lock and Safe, they have over 60 safes on display in the showroom. And when you buy a Liberty safe, you know you're buying the best safe made, made right here in the United States of America by upstanding American citizens. Get a free light kit, a dehumidifier, and safe power outlet kit installed at Maple Grove Lock and Safe with the purchase of a Liberty Colonial Centurion USA or Freedom Model Safe through the entire month of November at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove and on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Wait, that's not it. It's time to play Love in a Hardware Store. <laughs> Why is that on there? Because now I'm confused. Uh, precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin is going to bring you the second town council meeting at Tattersall over there in River Falls. We're super excited. That's a great spot. Here's the lowdown, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to take place one week from tonight. Five to six is the social hour with appetizers. Six to seven is the podcast. Seven to one, the mayor's car leaves the parking lot. <laughs> you need to RSVP today. And you also have to be a town council member, but you have to do both. You have to be a council member and you have to RSVP, and you can do both online at garagelogic.com. Special pricing, too, on certain swag at Tattersall. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to have a council meeting. Joe's going to have his gavel. We're going to have a stand-up mic for people to ask council questions. People are going to talk about tree equity. Right. about tree? It'll be fun. GarageLogic.com. I am, ex- I am super excited for that. I have an interesting ruling request hmm. from a guy named David Anderson. I'm looking for advice from you and the staff on a proper way to repay my neighbor. My wife and I had been stuck renting an apartment for years and finally bought our first house at the beginning of October. It needed some cleaning and paint before we moved in. One day while painting, we could hear a lawnmower and looked out the window to see our next-door neighbor mowing our yard. This was the first time seeing him, and it wasn't until he was through that we met. They're no dummies. They wait until he was through. Right. He told us the previous owners of the home were elderly, so he would cut the grass for them and said it was easier to cut his grass by coming into what is now our yard, you know, for the turnaround. We have no fence or anything to separate the yards. Before we had gotten the little snow, he had cut the grass twice. So what would be an appropriate repayment? That's an, uh, that's the perfect use of the word. Oh, so, so no I, horn. Well, mm-hmm. it, it gets the horn because it's, you know, but that's, that's the way you use it. Got it. So what would be an appropriate repayment and come spring, do I let him continue? That's mm-hmm. a great question. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, you know, the old bottle of hooch is a good gift. Absolutely. That's what first just, just, just for giving, you know, but then you got to find out if he's a hoocher. Uh, Even better if he's not. Can I take that off your hands? Secondly, uh, if you don't want to cut the grass and he enjoys it, you'd be doing him a favor by letting him continue. Leave well enough alone. Yeah. Thirdly, you might upset him by saying, no, we got it this year. 
That, that may offend him to a certain extent. Not that he would be mean. But, but the guy's a first-time homeowner. They want to cut their own grass. Well, that's one, yeah. I think wow. it could be all worked out. Have, uh, get the guy a bottle of hooch or something. Have a nice chat with him, and it'll all take care of itself. Here's the deal. It's a, it's a three-part deal. Yep. You sign up for the town council. Yep. You go to Tattersall, okay. watch the town get, council meeting. Get some meeting. hooch at a discount. You get some hooch at a discount, yep. and then you present him with that and say, what's our next move? What well, do you want to do next year? What do you want to do this I, I think uh, what, what David has here is a real, uh, real good problem to have. This is a first world yeah. problem. Hell yeah. It's a nice problem. You're going to get along with this neighbor. Because you already know your neighbor's a good guy. Right. So there you are. So, yeah, I think you got to get him a bottle of hooch, and then you say, what are you doing for next? What do you want for next year? Do you want to continue? I'll let you, but I'm a first-time homeowner. I want to cut the grass. And Howard writes, my route to and from work every day takes me down 35W and back right through the heart of the beast. On my way home, I always go past what I presume to be Ilhan Omar's office in South Minneapolis, located right off 35W and Lake. Traffic always backs up and slows down or stops right there during rush hour, so I have plenty of time to fully take in my surroundings. For years now, I've had to endure looking at a banner hanging on the side of her building, pleading us to send Ilhan back to Washington. Recently, the banner has been replaced with a special message relating to the Gaza. He sent me a picture. The message shown demonstrates four things. One, she's a racist. Two, her loyalties and priorities are wildly misplaced. Three, her ability to lie and gaslight is astounding. Four, her followers do so willfully, blindly, and I suspect in some cases, happily. As you have stated recently, the enemy is inside the walls, not only in Washington, but here close to home as well. They're flying the Hamas flag. Oh, boy. Ugh. This country is just... And Willard Anger wants us to know. Willard Anger uh, had some... He was listening to us, and we were talking about the OnlyFans situation. <laughs> no, sure. We're going to be educated. Let's go. <laughs> well, he writes... <laughs> some research. He writes, I have no need for OnlyFans myself, but they are turning... A, but if they are turning a buck and everyone is happy and relatively unscathed, I say good for them. For my occasional indiscretions, I go to Madame Blucher's Apricot Cannery. They got a gal there. They got a gal there, Shirlene. She'll take her shoes off and do a little light ironing. Plus, she's got a lisp. It's all you need. Willard Anger. Nice, Willard. And Willard also notes, I don't get it. If you dislike something to do with African Americans, you are a racist. Mm -hmm. If you are leery of some Muslim behavior, you are Islamophobic. Mm -hmm. If you question the validity of sexual fluidity, you are transphobic. Got it. In each case, you are ostracized and canceled, correctly or not. But violent anti-Semitism is Jim Crack bleeping dandy? Where's the DEI in this case? Talk about windmilling the ignorant bastards, Willard Anger. Isn't that the truth? Willard, you're right on again. Isn't that the truth? Yep. Ilhan Omar, what a Ilhan careful, what a, a stain on our Ilhan Gomar metropolitan life. She should go away. Only because they come to us from Mirador, San Jose, Ecuador, <laughs> from the traveling Lymans. Yeah. Yep, you go away. It was on this day. <laughs> you talking about November eighth, bruh? 
1890, Tell me. the Grand Opera House in Minneapolis hosted the first American performance of the English translation of Donizetti's opera, Anna Bolena. Oh, Bolena. And if the, you had been around then, you would have gotten some press passes to go to that. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm On this day. 1108. In 1898, the Kensington runestone was discovered on Olaf Ullman's farm Olaf. near Alexandria. The stone told of a group of Vikings who traveled to Minnesota in 1362, but its authenticity has long been the subject of debate. And I've always told you my theory. My theory is that it's absolutely real. Uh, Nobody in Olaf Oman's farm would have been capable of humor. (laughs) Yes. Or a prank. I think I buy your theory. It's not like Olaf went into the dinner table one night and said, Hey, Helga and the kids... Get out to the barn and look at that rock I carved. <laughs> no, they didn't do stuff right, like they're that. They're looking at their loafers. They were wearing hair shirts. Yep. Hair, hair shirts. shirts. What? Whatever. <laughs> On this day. Oh. Don't interrupt him. He's rolling. Uh, November 8th. <laughs> 1926. The old Mendota Bridge to Fort Snelling opened and was dedicated to the men of the 151st Field Artillery who had been killed in World War One? Mm. And finally, on this day, November 8th. in 1932, Minnesota citizens were allowed to vote for all nine of the state's congressional seats because the legislature had failed to reapportion the districts following the census of 1930. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, don't we have eight congressional seats in Minnesota? Not nine. There are eight. So we had nine at one point. I think we got one taken away. Well, apparently. uh, (laughs) Thank you for going out on a limb for that. (laughs) I think we have eight, right? We have eight. Staff, anyone? We have eight. Eight congressional. Yeah, thank you. We once had had ten. What do you think of that? Then it went to nine. The number declined by one seat after the 1930 census and by another seat after the 1960 census. I'll be damned. All right. We got Dean Phillips. He's rolling up on uh, number three. GLers. Did you thank him yet? Uh, Enjoy the uh, outcome of the election, uh, I guess. I don't know. It's obviously (laughs) what the people want. A lot of people like it. A lot of people like it. So, uh, and the show. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Just I was wait. waiting for that music. <laughs> Just wait for the thank you. <laughs> I said thank you. Um, thank you to GLers like that are already on the council. That 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year is well worth it. You got your money's worth today, too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if you are not a council even member if you yet. you do say so. Yeah, even if I do say so. I didn't know I was going to be this good today on Walkout Wednesday. Uh, make sure you go to garagelogic.com. That's how you can join in all the fun off-air festivities. The council is a wonderful, wonderful thing to join because you get to go to things like Tattersall Brewery next week and have some fun. Let's have some fun. Hey, thanks, Joey D. Uh, also, subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube. It's free. It's fun. It's entertaining. And if you want to, I don't know if you'll get them by next week, but you can go to the talk shop, buy some GL garb, and wear it around. It's a great Christmas present. Kind of like that uh, trip to um, Croatia next year. 